Welcome to episode 217 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my nefarious co-hosts, Peter and Jake. And we're coming at you this week with the Reginald Barkley versus Charles Barkley best of seven quantum basketball tournament edition of the cast. I'd, we'll I'd like to see what quantum basketball looks like after seeing what quantum chess looks like. Oh, what was or was that for, or was that 4D chess? No, quantum chess was the uh, that little thing that Paul Rudd and uh, uh, Stephen Hawking put out or something. They played okay. quantum chess together as some. That promo. sounds as made up as the epic sax guy's name and country of origin. It was completely made up. And it was like Paul oh. Rudd was becoming a master at quantum chess, and his goal was uh, to beat Stephen Hawking. I, I, don't, I don't think he did. Now, I will say, if you want cool sci-fi chess, it's actually, like, doable. Star uh, Wars chess for the Sega CD? That one's good. That one is good. I would recommend also looking up... You can look it up online. I think you'll find an image of it. It's called Singularity Chess, where the board... Uh, is curved space around a you know a singularity where it's a a hemisphere of one black one white, so you can do funky things like have your bishop go from black only black spaces to only white spaces by passing through the black hole in the middle. Hmm. I'll I'll find a picture and show it to you. But that for anyone terrifying. anyone at home, uh, look up singularity chess. There it so is. So quantum yeah. chess is a thing, apparently. Of course, it's a thing. Uh, Everything's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so what's the what's the what's the catch for quantum chess? A quantum chess piece is a superposition of states, each state representing a different conventional piece, like a pawn or rook. I, oh, okay. I don't. So I'm not smart enough to play this game. <laughs> okay. I, I think I get it. Um, of first course. of all, this is written in like GeoCities level, like text on background. Yep. Formatting. Very simple. Um, but I think it's. So it's chess. It's just upsetting every, to look at. Yeah. Oh, that the singularity chess? Yeah, it's yeah. funky. Um, but quantum chess, from what I'm gathering, I'm going to take a hot take, a hot first look at this. So every piece is actually two pieces. And as long as you make a move that both of those pieces could probably make or could legally make, it ha- the superposition of those two pieces doesn't collapse. So as soon as you... Um, I don't think that's... I don't know how possible that is. I, I wonder I how like, many pieces can do that. Bishop and pawn? Right. That's the thing. So maybe I might be way off. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I like where you're going with that. That's a good idea. Well, queen and rook, queen or and queen rook, and yeah. bishop. Queen and bishop. Queen and pretty much everything. Queen and king. Yeah, king well, and rook. See. Potentially. Uh, it's just the knight is the one that is like, I'm different and I'm quirky. I move in L's. Rook and pawn can technically, they move straight. 
puns mm-hmm. attack diagonally. Yeah. Yes, they attack diagonally. Um, also, this podcast brought to you by uh, my thunderstorm behind me that is going to periodically be oh. go boom. So, Jake, would you say we're coming at you live from a uh, thunderstorm or nondescript disaster to uh, follow Gerard Butler around? Yes. Yeah, just whatever, just storm cloud in the sky that has lightning bolts and effects and it go boom. And then Gerard, Gerard Butler, Butler looks He'll menacingly up towards it saying, I'm going to protect my family like he does in every fucking Gerard Butler movie. So, uh, yep, we're talking about Greenland. It's the first trailer on our trailer roundup segment that we call Trey Watch. Uh, it is a disaster movie starring Gerard Butler. And it is a, it is either a, uh, worrying premonition about how we're going to wrap up 2020 or a conflux bizarre conflux of san andreas 2012 and any other roland emmerich movie pick anyone because i got strong 2012 vibes from this yeah i got strong stupid premise vibes from this (laughs) (laughs) i've seen this movie uh quite a bit so yes this is um, at least the fourth time they've made this. This movie. time it's little tiny meteorites, and one big one. Yeah, that so actually touches down. The the plot of this hinges on That's scientists saying, term. on scientists saying that a large meteor is going to be passing close enough to the Earth that lar- that significantly sized fragments will are probably going to break off. Um. And no one's scared of that. No one's saying this is gonna be really bad. It's going to, it's gonna scalp the atmosphere, and shit's gonna go flying down. Cause, like yeah, because like it becomes news when the when an asteroid goes below the moon's orbit, and that's a lot of space <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like a lot so... of them were like, or they were like, either it's gonna burn up in the atmosphere, or it's gonna hit in the ocean, and we were just okay with that. Like, our yeah. science is 100% perfect that it's going to do one We're of those okay. things. We're okay. You know, if it lands in the ocean, causes tsunami, wipes out six, seven, eight coastal towns, you know, that's just acceptable losses. <laughs> Don't build your like, house near a body of water. <laughs> come on. Every, everyone's walking around like, oh, it's Clark. He's going to come by soon. Meanwhile, we're here in real life where we're looking at Apophis, and it's like years out, and we're like, this... People are like, are this thing gonna kill everyone on Earth? Or scientists like, no, no. But we track, we're tracking that shit really close. We've got an ankle bracelet on it. We've got an ankle <laughs> bracelet. We can tell you it's the, we can tell you it's orbital curvature to the minute. That's also, right, not the degree, the minute. <laughs> and we didn't call it Clark. They called it fucking Apophis. So. But Clark sounds so much more approachable. Um, it is in no way inspired by the fact that they named the shark Bruce in Jaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until yeah, this so Clark turns into a Superman that kills us all. <laughs> space dingleberries fall on several places on the space world. Dingle- uh, and to escape <laughs> the, the lice menace, uh, humans have to flee to Greenland. Yeah, because that's where 
uh, bunkers are? safe. Yeah. Bunkers. Some bunkers. No, there's no bunkers in America. <laughs> no. No Certainly way. Certainly not one under the White House. <laughs> Bunker Boy's got that one taken off. He's got, he's got uh, that, that chip already clocked in. He's like, I'm, I'm taking this one. I, I do have to say, bold move, guys, making a disaster movie in 2020 because we have a very accurate assessment of what Americans will do in yeah. these situations. I, I was watching the the scene where they they showed a scene where there's like, um, like five or six, uh, C thirty sevens, thirty seven, whatever the big fucking carrier planes are, right, and people are storming that because they know they're on their way to like Greenland. And I'm like, you bet your bippy that people would do that in real life. Now, you know what was missing to make this a realistic portrayal of what would happen in real life? Were the uh, groups protesting whether or not the uh, comet actually existed? Yeah, definitely. Definitely a hoax. The hoax people. It's all a conspiracy by the deep state to control us, to fear us. They want us to stay inside and seek shelter yeah okay i'm gonna come out here without my mask and proclaim my right to free speech protest man americans are dumb it's what you know looking at you florida <laughs> we're just trying to saw that state off i <laughs> well, the, the meteor did first hit in Central Florida and just wiped it off the map. It's set it adrift. It's the <laughs> armpit of America. We don't really need it. No, it's the creepy, deflated, malformed balls of America. <laughs> I think that's what John Stewart called it once. With a uh, lifetime membership to the AARP and frat boys. Speaking of frat boys, Danny DeVito is in an animated movie now. Again, Danny DeVito is being typecast as a carnival barker. <laughs> he is animated or real life. That's a yeah. We've, we've reached a new level here. Um, in the movie adaptation, no one asked for <laughs> Animal Crackers. Wait, this is an adaptation? Oh, yeah. Based <laughs> off the snack, Animal Crackers. Hey, hit snack. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Wait. Wait, Kurt, sounds like you haven't seen the trailer. I watched the trailer. I must have missed the part where it said based on the hit snack. Well, it's implied well, by the, the name. Cracker and he turns into the animal. But, Peter, those, the real Animal Crackers never did that. Unless they're edible animal crackers. <laughs> I don't know what animal crackers you guys have been buying. Hey, that would actually be a really good idea. Just a really strong form of like LSD-laced animal crackers. They did it with Gushers I'm, in the 90s that turned your I'm head into a fruit. Pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Those commercials had that me is shook. A deep cut. <laughs> That's right. This technology has been known since the Aztec times, as as uh, shown in the documentary Emperor's New Groove. You the fuck? That's how Danny DeVito went to a fucking uh, Mayan temple. Excuse me, they were Incas. Incas, sorry. Danny DeVito 
Indiana Jones an Incan temple as the clown, you found the crackers. That's why they're in like a brown mystery box. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, he, he, bu- he busts out this fucking old chest of animal crackers from presumably before the First World War. Just eat it. And he's like, here, eat it. Try it. <laughs> it's fucking stale and full of mold and rancor. <laughs> As budget handsome Jack turns into, he it's a gopher and he turns into a, not a gopher, it wasn't, it was a hamster. Yeah. Um, Which, I don't remember because, that animal being in the animal cracker no. packaging. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, They're the, retconning uh, my snack food. I don't like it. <laughs> no animal sun. cracker retcons. What, next you're going to tell me Juicy Juice was never 110% juice? <laughs> I want Juicy Juice, the 110% story, as a sports movie about a box of juice. <laughs> and it's, it runs away from its who parents. Is, who was nicknamed Juice? Was that OJ? Or, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was the first another- thing. That's why I smiled as soon as he said juice. I'm I was like, like oh, no. I know the perfect guy. Another biopic about OJ called 110% Juice. The OJ Simpson. The OJ story. Simpson. That's a better name for all of those stories combined. My coaches always used to tell me to give him 110%. That's why they call me Juice. I'm 110% Juice. And I killed a bitch. <laughs> oh, wait, no, you didn't hear that. Huh. This won't go on the on the documentary, right? You're not recording, right? Good. I was wearing another glove and flexing my hand while putting that glove on. Therefore, you must acquit. It's not like leather shrinks when wet or anything. No. <laughs> He's wet all the time. Because he's <laughs> so much juice. He's 110% juice. It's just oozing out of him. Either that he's or a make... super saturated juice solution. <laughs> make it a comedy and make it about like I... the Kool-Aid man. Or some shit like that. Breaking like, down walls. But the biggest OJ Simpson's to journey to become the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, 110% juice. The OJ Simpson story. And his How I became the Kool-Aid Cassidy. man. <laughs> And the, um, the chimpanzee from the Tang commercials. Yes. <laughs> where the kids turn into Tang. There's the Capri Sun where they turn they into... They turn into chimps and they're, they're in space because astronauts drink Tang. The Capri Sun where they turn into, like, silver globules. They turn Yeah, they turn into fucking Terminator liquid. They turn into the T-1000, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that Terminator now, graphics came out... I about food like commercials that. now. <laughs> Never mind the evil plot of the villain who wants to use the animal crackers to take over the world and how the movie doesn't even take that seriously. Wait, I, 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 I missed the whole plot, I guess, because the I was... The villain is I, played by Ian McKellen, and he's like, I want to tear down that circus and use the animal crackers to take over the world. Get me those oh, so- crackers! <laughs> arguably That's be a racist. racial slur, um, but yeah... <laughs> Yeah. Uh. No. Yeah. It was like so. It it cut to like the montage. I'm like, okay. So this is every kids movie trailer ever, mm-hmm. and I just skipped to the end. And I I guess I missed the ten seconds where they try to establish a plot. Yep. Yep. Somehow the crackers get out. I'm assuming what happens is this nice little copper cup copper. I'm dumb. <laughs> this nice little couple 
played by uh, Emily Blunt, Smoke, 420 Blaze It, and uh, John Krasinski from The Office. Uh, they are gifted this else. carnival. Um, yeah, I guess the John Krasinski guy used to really like carnivals, but not anymore. He used to really like the circus... And then he grew up. He got a dog. He got a job tasting dog treats, which is not a that's job. Something that that people nope. do for a living. Not real. <laughs> <laughs> and then like we could we could do this as a job, and he's like, "That's not a real job. Mine is a real job." Says who, yeah. John? Danny Dorito is offering you a carnival and a box of magical crackers. Take yeah, the opportunity. Fucking, <laughs> fucking three foot tall, shady ass clown dude. He looks comes like the violator hey. from Spawn. Because his yeah. face isn't all white. Wait, <laughs> it's got to have a little a bit of I, Actually, I think Danny Dorito was the violator in the Spawn movie. No, that was uh, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo was the. Vi- That's amazing. Yeah, apparently this has like a pretty stacked cast, though. If you go through everybody, yeah, they all they all did their Zoom meeting to introduce <laughs> the movie at the very beginning. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried is here back again with his <laughs> back with his shoehorns. The shooting <laughs> without bending over. <laughs> That's some good shit. Just to cut in. With raw, uncut Gilbert Gottfried in the middle of Michael Sarah's sentence it was high comedy at that moment in time. Yes, Our bodies could not handle it. I, I collapsed dying. to the floor. I was having heart palpitations. I was like, I can't take it right now. Nobody expects surprise Gilbert Gottfried with Shudini. <laughs> I will fight anyone who said that Arrested Development's fifth season was not as good as the first three. The fourth season can fuck off, but I will fight you if you try to tell me that fifth season wasn't good. So true. Um. So, yeah, I don't, Animal I don't fucking crackers. care about this. <laughs> Shirley Temple's gonna sing about how they're in her soup, and we're all gonna move on with our lives. They get, they get cracked. I never, I never thought about how weird that was animal crackers are a sweet treat to me yeah why would they be in my soup maybe they yeah, used to be like, not sweet i don't know i think there are brands that aren't sweetened but like if you buy if you have an aldi in your neighborhood or in an enduring neighborhood you go you buy their animal cracker they're technically animal cookies mm-hmm. yeah, which is a far more apt description of these things <laughs> like we talked about lacing them with LSD. I'm pretty sure there were small doses of crack cocaine in these yeah. animal cookies. They're way too good for their own good. I don't. I don't think they have any right to be that yeah. delicious. Um, but no one snack should have all this power. Well, what probably happens is they get really famous, and then evil villain played by Ian McKellen says, "I want to steal their crackers and take over the world by turning into animals." I don't know. Yeah. That that's fine. Who are you, the I Wonder Twins? He has a plan. <laughs> Who are you, one half of the Wonder Twins? Wait, you let me needed... find the right animal to turn into. No, not the Hold gerbil. On, I knew guy. I saw it in here somewhere. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, that's shark. that's a an- animal cra- crackers. Um just uh It's a movie. For that's... real. 
I'm not not making it up. Yeah, they're they're coming out with it. Unfortunately, um, just like unfortunately, we're getting another female spy movie, uh, Ava. Oh. Cause, Ava, because the other one, another ones, femme fatale movie. I don't I don't know why this seems like it's a, the fifth one in like three years that we've gotten some sort of female spy. That seems like a whoa. <laughs> I, we got Salt, we got Red Sparrow, we have we're gonna have Black Widow, we got Atomic Ava, Blondes, Atomic uh, Blonde. the Rhythm Section. Oh yeah, that That's was right. one. That's dumb. Becky. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess sure. We'll chalk that up. God, throw that in the mix. Why are we gonna get these fucking women out of main roles? Like shit. Um, Why don't we go back to like? I don't think any of them have been filmed in Maine. Peter, just gonna take that long sip of your soda and not face the consequences of what you just said there. You want to discuss this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to discuss this movie no. Okay. Kurt sidebar. When the fuck are we getting Peter out of here? I know, man. <laughs> like we have so much Paddington we need to watch. <laughs> There's so much more to this series. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, a you know you did bad peter right that was a bad joke <laughs> that was a bad joke i'll rub your nose in it <laughs> i wouldn't say that your joke was bad so much as that it's hurting america <laughs> stop hurting america uh just like ava america, is just hurting hollywood <laughs> stop However, yeah, I was, will say I like um, what, what that one one actor in this uh, is on the tip of my tongue. John Kinski. John. As Ava. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, well, Colin Farrell is in this too, and, and we just saw him in something else. Yeah. Is Will Farrell in this? This is the other guys, part two, the other girls. Oh. <laughs> Colin, yes. Colin Farrell was. Yeah, I don't think Colin Farrell wasn't in the other guys. No, he was. Col- no, that movie no. would have been good if it were. No, Colin Farrell was an Artemis Fowl, right? That was Colin Farrell. Yes, right? yeah, yes, he was. So. It's Irish Reynolds himself. Yes. Uh, I cannot remember his name. He was just in uh, Space Force. Steve Carell. Who's the old man? Fred Willard. I'm upset. Look it up. Figure it out. Um, it's Meanwhile, I will return to my uh, transition that was sabotaged by Jake's insistence that John we talk Malkovich. about Ava. Damn it. <laughs> I like it. Once again, ruined. <laughs> ruined. It's fucking Hamilton, okay? All right, Hamilton. We're making a movie I, of Hamilton. I prefer that one. Yeah. Hamilton. Uh, we got the first trailer for Hamilton. That'll be on Disney+. Plus. However... Forewarned for people who want the original. It's not the original. They excluded two fucks out of it. Other than that, it's shot for shot remake. Hamilton had a total of three F-words in it. And uh, PG-13 only allows one. So they had to remove two F-words. So hopefully it's tasteful. I I don't really care too much. I think it'll be fine without them. Well, 
if it means I don't have to pay fourteen hundred dollars for a ticket to this thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I guess. Like okay. I really don't have any interest in Hamilton, like conceptually, but I feel like I need to see this to understand why everyone is fucking giving away their firstborn child to see Hamilton. It's because he's wear a powder wig, but he does the raps. Yeah. There's I, Hamilton and no other example. Well, the one thing I like about this is all the original cast. Um, and you don't, mm-hmm. I don't think you get that too often. Um, I think Disney just rented the area and was like, here, yeah. we'll film this. You'll get 10% of the profits because we're Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say this is, even like this, it's already a lot better than, uh, y'all remember when CBS was doing those live plays? No. No. Or maybe it was NBC? No, don't. One of them. (laughs) They would do, they would have, like, uh, a couple times they tried it, and it was live, um, live stage performance things that they would broadcast. And it would be, like, star-studded. I think they did The Wiz. Um, let me see if I can't find it. Like, The Wiz. that see, now the I'm going gonna, gonna to look up The Wiz live. That's and gonna we're going to hope that it's going to talk about the TV event. Safe search off. It's going to be The Wiz. Yes. Uh, and The Wiz, nobody beats me. Okay, so The Wiz Live is a television special that aired on NBC on December 3rd, 2015. Hmm. So they they would just it was it was they had a lot of celebrities in these ones. They're like celebrities do a musical. Um, this one in particular uh, starred uh, let's see here, Common, uh, Amber Riley, Uzo Aduba, Stephanie Mills, Elijah Kelly, Nao, David Allen Greer, Mary J. Blige, Shanice Williams, and Queen Latifah. All those names have something in common. I can't quite think of what it is, though. Well, that's because it's The Wiz. Like, the urban Wizard of Oz. Makes, oh, makes I have no idea what The there. Wiz is. Yeah. yeah, it's just a retelling of The Wizard of Oz, except it takes place, they go to the mystical, the magical land of New York City. Oh really? Instead of, yeah. I keep on, I keep on being told by people to watch The Wiz, or to go see The Wiz. Apparently it's it's a good, not bad. Apparently it's a decent it's... Uh, musical, uh, Sam Broadway yeah. and stuff like that. But Hamilton's coming out. I, I really wanted to go see Hamilton when they were in Baltimore, but tickets were outrageously expensive for like the fucking tuna cans you get to sit in and the far back nosebleeds. Um, so I'm glad I can watch it on the couch. On my projectors so. for seven ninety nine, yeah, a month, and a blood contract at Disney to love never let you go. Well, yeah, uh, so it's also Lin Manuel Miranda's in it, so he's a fantastic uh, composer and uh, singer, I guess, and shit like that. I don't know. My girlfriend general, is ecstatic about this coming out, so. I will be watching this 26 times uh, when it comes out on July 3rd. So watch it there. Hooray. Uh, Many of you will have that day off. Yeah. For some reason. 
And that's yeah, also I, I that the launch of uh, that's Happy Corset 2021 day. Everyone mm. crack your uh, Ugin. Oh, yeah. Yep. Crack your Ugin, crack your Azusas. You got my box on the way. I'm interested to see what I get. Yeah. I think there's a great progression from only playing where I'm at now, where I only play Limited and Commander. Because you only need one of anything in Commander. So if you crack that sweet Mythic in your booster box or in your, your draft or in your sealed event, you're like, oh, sick. I'm done. Not like if I were still playing Modern. Or it's like, ah, oh, I need three more of these. Great. You've just handed me a bill for $250. Thank you. <laughs> and also for people who um, want to get in on the draft experience, but your game stores are still not open or not holding a draft, uh, you can download MTG Arena, not sponsored by MTG Arena. Uh, and on the release date, which I believe is a week prior. July 3rd. Is it, is it the same same day as a pre-release? Well, that's that's the street release. I, the okay. pre-release is a week prior. So it should be a couple days before that. Which would be tomorrow. Okay, yeah. Then then tomorrow <laughs> uh, or, or whenever, because it's not a timed thing, I don't think. You can get a free token for a draft for uh, M21 for like a booster draft. They give you the three or whatever packs. I think they give you like six packs. Unless they do the uh, round robin. Or not round robin, uh... Normal well, six packs draft. would be a sealed. I don't remember if it was sealed or if it was the normal uh, draft with the three right. packs, and you pass them around. Can we Winston? Can we Winston draft on Arena? What is Winston draft? Uh, it's a draft format for two to three players. Uh, it's kind of complicated to explain, but <laughs> if you, when you see it in motion, it makes sense, and uh, it's what I'm going to have to teach people here because I don't have enough friends to do a six or eight person draft yeah. so i don't <laughs> uh, i i don't think they can do that but i think they have the normal uh i think 10 10 person draft or something i don't know what it is whatever it is you have to play it anyways it's free so if you want to go and get that somewhat semblance of a similar experience but go ahead and check that out but it's not going to be a draft if I'm not there forcing red-black sacrifice or combat <laughs> shenanigans. The Mean Street Posse exactly. cannot appear. That was my... That's like... That and my uh, Conspiracy Juniper Ranger Clockwork Machine are my two favorite decks I've ever drafted. I I, I don't think I won with it all the way, but I remember pissing off Kurt to no end with pacifism with monos monopacifism monostasis every fucking that, stasis effect in Kaladesh that was such a weird weird format I love that set well, it was um, good. waiting for barbarians uh, does not seem like it's going to be as good as Kaladesh no no some people said it, it it seemed like it could be pretty good a pretty good character piece, but I don't know. I I haven't seen Johnny Depp in a lot of what what has he been in recently? Nothing. He's been in uh controversy. Yeah, controversy. Uh, allegations. I don't know. Because um, um, it, it seems like it's a serious role and I feel like what he does the best are those crazy outlandish roles 
And are, you cr- are you trying to tell me that Edward Scissorhands was not a serious role? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like crazy and zany. Like he's got scissors on his hands. That's weird. It was quirky physically uh, rather than saying shit that's quirky. Like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, this is I don't I don't know if he's supposed to be serious, because he's supposed to be like this brutal savage uh, general military know. man. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody. It felt. He's a major general. I. He has I'll knowledge of all I, things vegetable, animal, and mineral. <laughs> I feel like this movie was written by a guy. Like the writer for this movie was someone who writes for like serious stage plays and doesn't have ex- as much experience writing a movie script. Hmm. I don't know if it came off that way to you guys, but to me that's how the writing felt. It's a little too stagey. It came off as a movie that's visuals did not match the tone of the writing. Yeah. 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 That. Oh, it just seems kind of odd. I don't know. That's all I I just I just put it as like odd. Because it's people like also already... torturing these barbarian people or Asian people. I'm not sure the who they barbarians. are. Barbarians. They keep on I calling them barbarians, is... but I feel like they're like Mongolians. This is. I gotta let's let's be. I want to be accurate about where this is supposed to be. All right. So okay. So it was based on a novel, hmm. um, by the South African writer J. M. Coatsy. Very nice. There are already people um, saying that this is going to get Oscars, which yeah. I think is very. People very said it's Oscar prediction. bait. I don't. I don't. I don't know how. I, mean, I guess it's Oscar bait, but it's not well done Oscar bait. <laughs> I'd really have to see how Johnny Depp is, because I, I don't think we've seen enough in the trailer to say yay or nay. I just I don't. I don't get that vibe. I don't know. No, neither do I. I wish I understood it. Maybe I can go find the Wish Dragon and uh, be disappointed it's not Shenron or Purunga. I did not see this trailer, so fill wow. me in. No one got that. No one appreciated the yoke. Well, um, the, the Shen- I, I appreciate the Shenron, but the the I, I don't haven't seen the Wish Dragon trailer. It says Jackie Chan Animation Adventure in the uh, yeah. broken English title here, but I don't think Jackie Chan's actually in this movie. I, I think he they just, just produced it. I think they because just because it's also made by Tencent. Oh, what? That makes a lot of sense because I'm pretty sure this is just all the money Tencent got from uh, PUBG Mobile for the month <laughs> went into this movie because it looks super cheap. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I've seen some of the. Some of the animation it's just like i don't know all the colors are like sort of muted and pastel Those I mean, it's just heavily together. every trailer on youtube pastel. of it is just heavily compressed and blocky and has the chinese subtitles it looks like if you ever torrent a movie oh yeah true yeah. <laughs> yes that weird like sort of pseudo pixelated quality with maybe. the chinese subtitles on the bottom <laughs> maybe that's the problem with it is that it looks like somebody like 
<laughs> recorded this trailer on their iPhone and I'm uploaded sure it that's to what happened. YouTube. They just bought the trailer from Chinatown because this movie doesn't exist in the West. They uploaded it to YouTube and Peter found it because Peter finds all of these trailers for some reason. Yeah. Uh, this movie doesn't seem to have any anything like a plot. It's kind of the things happen movie. Uh, kid discovers a Chinese dragon in a in a jade teapot, and the Chinese dragon's from ancient China, so he doesn't understand things like classic American things like shrimp chips, and and what a prince is, and, and uh, aeroplanes, televisions, uh, ice cream. <laughs> so there there it is, guys. And there's no there's no worry about people capturing the wish dragon or. Or finding him out because he's invisible. He's invisible to I them, think. Yeah, yeah they, they don't. Well, see the him. one dude's eyes started bugging out of his head when he saw the fucking uh, thing lift, the car lift up. Yep. Perhaps he suspects so, something. What's the What's the conflict in this movie? Who knows? Airplanes Maybe don't need conflict. <laughs> Airplanes are the conflict. Does the wish dragon just teach the kid about about Chinese history and culture? And that's the plot of this movie. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. And everyone turns to the camera at the end and says, China's great. <laughs> Praise Visit China. We have no coronavirus. Look at our numbers. We stopped all testing. Therefore, it went away. No, the kid wishes, like, get, can you get rid of coronavirus, wish dragon? <laughs> it's of too topical. Like my ointments. My um, essential oils will heal your coronavirus. My essential boils. Uh, quick word <laughs> those out are, to... Those are load-bearing boils. You can't pop those. Oh, God. <laughs> you said essential boils. What else could that possibly mean? They gotta be, like, load-bearing to be essential. Yeah. They increase the, the factor of safety up enough just to get right over. It cancels out all the, the problems with the rest of the body. You can mathematically determine where the load is all centered on, and it's on them, and they call that the boiling point. Uh, uh, you yeah. were saying something before we got into this. A quick note or what? Well, it's Does it's it really... actually very pertinent to this conversation because it's called the silencing. The silencing. Uh, what you may want to do to me, but um, all right, the silencing. I don't know who's starring in it. I, it seems like people I should know, but I did not care to look at Very it. Very thoroughly um, researched. I like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, crazy person in the woods. Uh, I think slitting people, like giving people tracheotomies and killing them with the atlatl. Sicilian necktie. For those who don't know, the atlatl, they describe it because that's like a feature. That's the cool thing the killer has in this movie. Uh, I've made one at home. It's a fun little primitive weapon thing. All right, so imagine imagine a long stick with a like a hook at the end, a little tiny like thorn hook at the end, and then on the other end is a grip with a hole in the middle that you can stick your finger through. So you grab it from underneath, you fold it back on your arm like a praying mantis, right? You fold it back so it's it's resting against your shoulder. You put an arrow or a big lance, a dart, I guess, with the notch end against the thorn, and then you you whip it forward and it shoots the shoots the dart at an increased velocity 
and it wasn't good enough for the natives to defeat the the conquistadors and they all <laughs> died because it could pierce armor turns out un, uh, armor and gunpowder is a little bit stronger than your it was a it was a good hunting weapon. second it class no level yeah uh, so that's what pe- that's what some cultures had instead of bows or in addition to bows and this hunter person is trying to kill people in the woods with it and and dad hero is trying to find his daughter who might be in the woods but it's a cold case and uh, the, who knows the one the one thing about you said you didn't know anything about the casting i know one thing about the casting is that what is it? nicolage kosterwalder Nicolas. Nicolas. Nicolas Costa Waldo. Who is uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones, if anybody wants to know. So, pretty good actor. I mean, he, he did a great job in Game of Thrones. So, uh, no reason to believe that he wouldn't be pretty decent in this. It well, seems like a similar know, type of role. I was told a lot of the same things about one Finn Jones, and then I watched a little show called Iron Fist. So, hopefully the direction is good. To you mean and the writing. You mean Iron Fist, the protector of Kunlun, Kunlun, sworn protector of Kunlun. Yes. I remember when he pulled out. He shot golden guns at the end. And then it was canceled forever. <laughs> that was actually just a symbology. It was the it was, universe was, could not just... handle the stupidity of what just transpired. That was Iron Fist actually shooting Iron Fist, the next season, right. just ending it. It was like actually we're just ending it. Man, that's season rough. three was on the horizon. Boom, boom. That's dead now. That uh, I can't believe they even made a second season. Of that show. I want Iron so Fist bad. dead. Uh, uh that's that's it yeah that's now, it for trailers now we're gonna do our box office and review roundup segment we call the follow-up because we follow up on yep. some of these movies that we've talked about on tray watch but uh i don't think uh well i guess becky becky would be the one movie in the box office this week that we actually have talked about on tray watch it made it guys you made it. Yeah. And, uh, um, the, the number of movies that are out are increasing dramatically. We have a top 10 now. Yeah. And there's even some movies outside the top 10. I like it. Nature, nature is healing. <laughs> Nature's healing. <laughs> you can actually plot the uh, the amount of movies that are coming out as an increase with the, the rise in coronavirus cases in the U.S. <laughs> they correlate to uh, each other. The Followed, or it's just called Followed, is the number one movie in America grossing a whopping $152,000 in 44 theaters. Oh, boy. Um, I did read somewhere that Jurassic Park is the number one movie in America again, but I don't know why it's not on any box office reporting I've been able to see. Hmm. Um, I, I did hear that um, uh, AMC will be opening... When they are opening, um, they'll be opening with like certain classics that they'll be airing for like five bucks, which I think is a really smart move uh, to get people back into the theater. I mean, there's there's no movies out. I yeah. think it's a movie oh, yeah. necessity. I mean, we have twelve. 
Oh boy, who doesn't want to see Sex in the Future? The movie with the 1.8 rating on IMDb. Hey, I never said they were good, but they're out. But I think that's really cool that uh, just like the classics are out. If they're coming out with certain classics. Uh, I, think, I don't know who. what else movies are. I think Dark Knight is one of them that might be coming out as well. Oh uh, yes, the classic. The classic 2008 uh, it's, film. It's like classics for people who are young i don't know i don't fucking care anymore what is life anymore um i don't know but we're gonna find out what the followed is all about here as it is our feature film or spotlight film rather we uh take a look at one film specifically and read some of the lovely user submitted reviews on the international movie database uh, there are always some fun ones, and uh, we have the return of an old friend this week. Um, this is not one of the reviews. So how the segment works is that we read a smattering reviews from both positive, negative, and middling uh, review scores. I usually read the positives. Jake usually reads negatives. Peter, the middling. Uh, but we found a while back this bot <laughs> that... It's all it does is post the same screed of a review on seemingly random movies, and it was on a bunch of movies we rev- we looked at, but then it went away for a while. But now it's back, so um, I will once again read to you the headline from B A Piano Master Thrake Snail Cat Dog Ant Agave. Uh, <laughs> Any contact with females the dystopian road to babies, guys. Be careful of the subliminal man woman message, and thank God goodness for animal kingdom to annihilate the latter um with the classic opening paragraph andrew jack and sec and ne greatest president behind lincoln question mark only to return banks from shadowy organizations to america's hands mystery science theater 3000 new seasons released truly extraordinary my moon rakers of this achievement of men uh strong thesis statement as always but that is not really a review we are it's it's comfort food for the soul. Yes. Um, we will. <laughs> you know you're in good hands. I see that. I see that that weird misogynistic paragraph, and I think, Chewy, we're home. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to uh, post the permalink to the screed on our Discord for you to enjoy at your own leisure. Perfect. And I guess this is. Quick, quick plug here. Our Discord. Uh, jump in when you can join us when we're streaming, and when we're uh, casting, and when we're just sitting around at our computers, just staring chilling, into the vibing. cold, lonely abyss. Yeah. Um, find find it on our site. That's when I plug myself in to recharge every day. It's important to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so. Let's kick this off with a 10 out of 10 review from Yemi-80921. So scary! Two exclamation marks. I don't normally like scary movies, but I gave this one a chance and I absolutely loved it. Three exclamation marks. It made me jump, cover my eyes, smile endearingly, laugh at times, and left me wanting more at the end of it. The main lead paid such good homage to how you would expect content-hungry YouTubers to be like. 
Your emotions and feelings towards him throughout the entire movie mirrored exactly how his co-stars also felt about him perfectly. Honestly, I was so sucked in and invested that I'm hoping for a sequel to exclamation marks. 10 out of 26 found that helpful somehow. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Jake, uh, so, kill us. Uh, R. Sheikha? Sheik? 93988? Man, sorry. Man, I butchered the last name. Whatever. I don't know. This asshole used the word trite in his uh, title, so I'm going to destroy this man. Lazy and trite. It's as if someone read a blurb in some third-rate newspaper about some hoax and decided to shoot something in an entirely ad hoc manner with a third-rate script and an even worse cast. I can't even call this a film. Quotes. It is entirely lacking in imagination and innovation, which characterizes a lot of low-budget horror films, but this is an all-time low, even among those. 13 out of 24 found this helpful. The 13 out of those 24 people need to find help. Because that wasn't helpful at all. Guys. Guys an asshole. Um, So, if you'll notice, this comment, this review section, guys, does not have any middling reviews. It goes straight from a 7 to a (laughs) 3. So, I have my work cut out for me. I've got Anthony 453's review. Uh, it freaked me out. 8 out of 10. From February. So this is another one of those that came yeah, out like they had year. They had like a premiere in February because everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, I went to see the okay. premiere in downtown LA. I gotcha. All right. So here's the review. Um, This movie is based on real events. It's kind of crazy how they were able to take places and things from Los Angeles and build a story around it. The bridge in Pasadena, the hotel in DTLA, the elevator game. Wow. As good as the concept is, it's the lead, Matthew Solomon, that really brought it all together. I found myself being slightly annoyed by him, but he was also undeniably charismatic. Kind of like a real YouTube star, lol. He really sells it definitely enjoyed this movie and would recommend it 17 out of 33 found this helpful okay but peter i have a follow-up question yeah how far would go to be famous comma would you kill for it (laughs) question mark question mark (laughs) tell me tell me kurt how far would go to be famous i don't know that was the question that was asked in the review we read of infamous history it was our very own Does Bruno Mars is Gay. Does Bruno oh. Mars is Gay? We found one in the wild. How far would go to be famous? Question, comma, would you kill for it? Question mark, question mark. Why use many word when few word do trick? Lovely. Hit us with a glowing one, Kurt. Alright, well, average Joe FGC, fellow player of the fighting games, I see, um, called this a great unique horror movie on the 3rd of March 10 out of 10 an all around creative horror film the presentation taking place entirely from a computer screen allows the movie to have a wild there's random commas here the presentation comma taking place entirely from a computer screen comma allows the movie to have a wildly frantic comma anxious tone that is complemented with solid scares the scares have 
well-paced build-ups and go beyond typical jump scares. The performance is all around great. Matthew Solomon does a fantastic job playing a narcissistic vlogger, comma, cleverly satirizing YouTubers that over-exaggerate and ham up stories for attention, period. People that attempt to criticize the film based on quote-unquote poor acting clearly haven't seen the film. 4F17 found that helpful. If you dare criticize this, you just you just haven't seen it, man. You just well, don't, you just you just don't know her like I do. Well, then D. Calderon said he must not have seen it. D. Calderon uh, said one out of ten, embarrassingly poor performance by lead actor. Quote lead actor. Come on, what is he? A lead actor? He's a lead actor. A lead actor for a lead actor? Huh? Get poisoned, bro. For a film that is supposed to be center around... Oh, ah, better grammar. For a film that is supposed to center around a character of the vlogger... Oh, no, I just can't read. I was absolutely appalled at the abysmal quality of Matthew Solomon's performance. I realize that this is supposed to be a found footage film, but that doesn't mean the lead actor... (laughs) <laughs> so laughably bad it is still incumbent upon the actor to deliver a quality performance please do not waste your time your precious time and money on this film this is also the only film that is being distributed by a distribution company which should tell you something the company has no proven track record zero the concept for the film was intriguing but the execution was awful. Could have been more tolerable had a different actor played the role of Mike. <laughs> 19 out of 40 found this helpful. So you're telling me the Spice Girls wouldn't like this movie because they went and wasted their precious time? Yeah, yeah it, it, it yeah. did. Apparently they did wasted... tell you to don't go do that. Yeah, <laughs> please do not waste your precious time. Don't, don't go wasting your precious time. And Decal Daron wasted his precious time and money. That's that's a damn shame. It's a shame. <laughs> now I I've been listening to these and these I don't I don't know if y'all noticed, but these are a little more bland than our usual uh pickings. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked I, about many of the other movies. Yes. We're not we're not um, picking I, at the top of the order anymore. <laughs> that's fair. Um I say this to preface the the review that I'm about to to say okay so Afumalo followed three out of ten another testimony to the ill wisdom of planting fake reviews this isn't the worst found footage horror you'll see although it's also very far from the best it's a jumble of half-baked ideas borrowed from other better movies uh overlong and not well acted though more experienced actors still could not have pulled off this crappy material. But its shortcomings wouldn't seem so stark if you went in blind, as opposed to having your expectations raised for something even halfway decent by the majority of early user comments (laughs) here that are all clearly by crew members, their friends and family. I mean, click on their handles. Mysteriously, almost none of them have ever commented about another movie before. Reading those kinds of 10-star claims and then watching something this lame and amateurish turns an ordinarily bad movie into an intensely dislikable one, since you feel like you've been duped. Filmmakers, show a little spine. 
don't get all your pals to post obviously fake reviews on IMBD and other forums. Uh, what's what's the uh, oh fuck it. <laughs> uh, it will backfire in that the people you lure in as a result are not only going to hate your movie, they're going to hold it against you in future efforts. Uh, and it's telling. Uh, so this was posted yesterday, and uh, two out of four found it helpful. <laughs> so this was not posted in February. Yeah. Some of these other ones. So it's not an early thing. You know, I I believe it because yes, a lot of these there are a lot of ten out of tens. And uh, there isn't a lot to the body of them. Yeah, everybody's saying, uh, somebody's saying uh, in the 1 out of 10, who is also from June, uh, said everybody who rated this movie 7 out of 10 are just people who worked for this film. Worst casting, worst script, the movie is a mixture of those two. So, huh. It's all a sham, kids. All a sham. It Fake is news, all a sham. as our Lord and Savior Trump would say. Fake news. But it's the number one movie in America, uh, flanked by Infamous, which uh, asked the question, how far would go to be famous? Would you kill for it? Um, (laughs) That made $94,000. Becky, everyone's favorite uh, crossover between Home Alone and American History X, uh, raking in $85,000. The Wretched... In fourth place with seventy three thousand, Star Dog and Turbo Cat, which is I I looked it up because this uh, I looked at a lot of these to potentially be uh, spotlight films, but only the followed had enough reviews for a format. How do we uh, miss this? <laughs> that was a twenty nineteen release, released here in fifth place with thirty one thousand dollars across six theaters. Uh, Miss Juneteenth. Uh. Opening in sixth with twenty thousand, just a hair under twenty one thousand actually, uh, across six theaters. Baby Teeth with in seventh place with two thousand four hundred and eighty seven dollars across twelve theaters. The trip to Greece raking in the dough, baby. Seven hundred big ones. Cha-ching. Money, 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 Woo-hoo. money in three theaters. Uh, strike still going, man. 13 weeks. Uh, $450 in oh, one theater. Oh, it's the mall movie. Yeah, the in one mall. theater, it made $450. Oh, that's not bad. I That doesn't seem possible. Sex <laughs> in the Future, $279. It was IMAX. <laughs> Rounds out the top 10. Uh, How to Build a Girl. Uh, is in 11th place, up 952.4%. Wait, was How to Build a Girl, did that make like like $7 last week or something? Yeah, I think it made like 17 bucks or something like that. But it's up 952.4% to an astounding total of $221, a.k.a. less than the value of my 8-rack deck. In my now, now, my question is, Two theaters added that. Do you think they got a good ROI on those? <laughs> I mean, I don't think they four-walled 55, it. 50, 55 bucks per theater on average. <laughs> I spent $2,000 on this movie, god damn it. Gotta hope I, that the fucking two theaters were the only ones, the two ones that added it were the only ones that made money. 
<laughs> that would mean a whole 10 people went to see the movie. But I think we're burying the lead here because uh, in 12th place, the true history of the Kelly gang with a $91 take in one theater. Eight people saw this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Man, you can buy a bottle rough. of Hennessy. For... I could I could rent out a theater and sell a bottle of Hennessy <laughs> and make more money. It's than that movie. It's made. really funny to think that I'm, like I'm glad you've all come here today. I've got it. It's really funny to think it's a like single malt vintage guys. <laughs> One of you can buy it. Well, like you you could get a group of your friends together and go around to some of these movie theaters and have like an effect on the box office in America. You can just, be a mover the... and shaker, man. <laughs> you can be a kingmaker. <laughs> let's get strike up there to uh let's get strike up there to up into eighth place. <laughs> let's get some buddies together and go see strike a couple thousand a couple times. And one of the I nine theaters that's carrying it. See it a few times and <laughs> then you're good. But like so isn't AMC like open though right now? Like they're asking they're, people. There's controversy about them asking people to wear masks. They're opening supposedly the fifteenth. That's what I got in my email regarding my Stubbs A list membership, which I am hmm. actively trying to cancel because I don't see myself going back to a movie theater for a little while. They're gonna make you jump through just every hoop in the world. Yeah. Like, Are you sure? Are you really sure? I can't cancel it because it's paused right now. Okay. And my oh. next my next billing date, according to the app, is July 7th, a whole eight days before their theaters are supposed to reopen in New Jersey. So They're going to unpause it like the day of so they can get that charge in. No, they're going to oh, charge sorry. it. Yeah, they're going to charge me for it. I don't think there's no way I can see that I can get out of this without being charged for the month of July. They probably are going to see a lot of cancellations. Yeah, I mean, like, they're not carrying movies from one of the five, or four now, major studios. Yeah. Rough. Rough, man. You know what also rough. is rough? Tough, Some of these, the stories we got here for in our video game news here uh the last of us 2 is it a good game who really can say um i can i've been watching it on uh i've been watching my my roommate play it uh i think we're jake has his own five minute review chapter three or chapter four they don't really like tell you when they are but you can mark them out apparently it's a pretty long game um they said it takes about 24 hours total to get through it all. If you skip, I think, like, all your death scenes and, like, everything like that. So, because I say that because there's a 10-hour playthrough on YouTube where I think they cut out mm-hmm. all the the fat that comes along with it, trying to figure out puzzles and trying to uh, maybe loot and stuff like that. So, just to get that story through. Um it's a game that I think people didn't expect to be playing after a seven-year wait and a sequel to uh, what was a very well-received game. Um, it looks fantastic. I've played only a little bit of The Last of Us 1. Uh, I know what kind of goes on in The Last of Us 1. I want to keep on playing it uh, to really get the full picture of it. 
uh, and also to gain that bond between Joel and Ellie. But I think that's the problem where people stand on is is the character decisions that they made uh, in Last of Us 2. Uh, yes. They made some pretty decisive changes to the game that people aren't okay with. And it's not something you can... Some, yeah. So like, it, there's... You can't talk somebody into liking it because it's such a divisive change. There's a few few things going on with it. Uh, it's being accused of being review-bombed. If you look at its Metacritic <laughs> uh, page, the user score is like a 3.2. Or mm. something like that. And the critic score is like a 91. Um, people are dismissing the criticism as just being people upset that it's a... Uh, it depicts a lesbian sex scene fully mo-capped. Uh, but from what I could find, I've only found like maybe a half dozen reviews. There are some of them. Like there are definitely people like that giving it a negative score for that reason. But by and large, the majority of the criticisms I've seen is that people dislike the fact that the game made you play as, I guess, the de facto antagonist for mm-hmm. a yeah. long portion of it. Um, the, Spoilers, the, the cri- just... Well, I, no, I am being spoiler-free as I can, the antagonist. I did not okay. name any character names or actions, um, although I have Fair been enough. spoiled on some of them. There is a character death that people are criticizing as being mm-hmm. rather out of character for that character. Uh, and uh, criticizing the trailer for being false advertising, given that mm. a scene featuring an interaction between two characters was changed between the uh, trailer and release. Uh, people have criticized the pacing, and uh, most of the criticism does come from the story, though, claiming that the characters are not uh, behaving the way that you would expect them to if you were someone who was familiar with them from the previous game. So, but I've also, on the other hand, seen many people praise these decisions. I've seen a lot of discussion and discourse about this title, more so than anything else I can remember for the past while. And uh, I think the best way to describe it is polarizing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the creator... And... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, so I, I think you have a really good point there uh, that I wanted to bring up again, is that the decision making on these characters um and I, I want to know how far uh these reviewers got in the game because this game does something where it flashes back quite often uh and reveals more about the story and more about the characters and the relationship between these two characters as if anybody's played it last of us two they or last of us one they know who the characters are joel and ellie are the main two characters um and their relationship uh, is built through this game as well. Uh, and you kind of get some key indicators on that. So if you're playing this game in the beginning and they make a decision that's sort of out of character, you kind of don't really fully understand it until you play maybe a third to a half of the way through and you get those flashback scenes and you see where uh, maybe that character changed quite o- quite a bit. They had some pretty big turning points. Uh in their life. I mean, this this also spans the course of about four years in the game uh, between flashbacks and 
and, and the current time that you're playing. So you have a lot of changes to these characters. I mean, to think that the person that you played as or with in Last of Us 1, which was a child, uh, you know, at the age of 12, and to think that they're going to be the same person or slightly similar t- as the person in Last of Us 2 is a little far-fetched. And I, 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 I think to get the best picture of this is to watch, if you don't have the game, if you don't have a PS4, watch a playthrough of it. Or if you have it, go out and buy it. It's very well money. It, it's good money spent, I think. I think you get a lot of game for for what you're given and i think it has a lot of replayability too uh to the point where you can explore more uh and and find different secrets and take different decisions yeah i just uh the main thing i have heard in terms of the out of character complaints stem from uh something that happens with joel not so much what happens with ellie Mm. Uh, and i can't really elaborate any further without giving away a major spoiler um but yeah so it's it's a polarizing game there are a lot of people i think the creators even said before it came out um that you might not like the last of us 2 if you were a fan of the first game which uh apparently is true given how upset last of us 1 fans are with the result um i see what now this is an interesting thing because um I'll, I'll weigh in here we've been talking about the ps5 uh this will no doubt be ported to the ps5 when it comes out and then you have to ask with this as it stands now is it gonna move units um it and... might controversy has a habit of creating cash i don't think people will necessarily buy a ps5 strictly to play last of us 2 but if it's available for the launch window i'm sure it'll Mm -hmm. be picked up by a lot of people curious to know what all the hubbub was about i mean it looks amazing on the ps4 and and you know i think looking even better than what it looks now than what i'm seeing uh on, on the ps5 would definitely be a good sell. Uh, I, I don't think it's a console seller, but I think it's definitely a... Definitely probably not immediate buy, but definitely a required pick for your collection uh, because it, it, it's such a deep game with a really good story. Uh, people have problems with the story. Uh, I think it's fine. If anybody has any problems with lesbians, they're just not used to seeing an extended... Um, I think people aren't used to seeing the extended like romance scenes play out. Not romance, but like relationship scenes play out. Where normally it's like, okay, maybe two girls kiss or whatever. Or get together at the end of a game. But this one, it's like, they're together in the beginning and then they their relationship continues throughout the game. So you kind of see how that develops. Uh, I personally think that a fully mo-capped sex scene in a video game is a bit gratuitous. I haven't I, really seen that in. I haven't seen that. that any other? I don't game. know what that I was. Want that wasn't in it. Ride to Hell Retribution. Unless that's in it later, where he fucks the girl in jeans. <laughs> he humps her butt in jeans, 
and then it fades to black and he's outside the hotel. I, that was a great game. So I think I know what th- there's there's one scene that I've seen that they like allude to having sex unless my roommate had some filter turned on where it skipped it but they like they made out and you know took off each other's shirts or something like that and then you know leaned back on the couch and it faded to black. That I I don't I didn't see any sort of I, gratuitous uh, sex scene. So um, I, I got maybe it's for sure. On. I don't know for sure. That yeah. is what I've heard in several reviews. Um, but uh, people tend to extrapolate, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I like I a lot of the complaints I have read about the story seem legitimate to me. Um, but I have read people who. Uh, have the opposite stance on some of the more controversial story decisions uh, as well. So I think it's just a game that uh, oh. hits, hits people different. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, I haven't gone to that part. I just looked it up real quick. And it's not really spoiling anything for me, but there is a uh, fully mocap sex scene, but it's a straight sex scene. So well, it, even so, mm, that's still gratuitous. Uh, uh, like... Uncanny Valley. <laughs> oh, they actually show boobs in it too. Interesting. Oh, I, I say that here. I say that interesting because they make a point to actually blur out a picture of, like, nipple, in the game, uh, with blood. So for them to blur that out, sort of censor that, but keep this in is a uh, because you got to reward different. the player for. Continuing. Little, little fucky. I guess. Um, Alright, in other news. Mixer is shutting down July yeah. 22nd. It, uh, Microsoft will be partnering with Facebook Gaming to help roll users over into that service. Um, it's actually kind of ironic because we had a behind-the-scenes meeting where we discussed the possibility <laughs> of perhaps exclusively streaming on Mixer or Twitch. Um, but uh, that's not really a decision we have to make anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hooray. It makes it a little bit simpler now. Yeah. Uh, so Mixer is unfortunately shutting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of good times streaming on Mixer. Everyone we met on Mixer was super cool. Um, and uh, I really hope that y'all check us out on twitch you follow us over to there uh back well not like we did leave twitch once but once we came back we okay. stayed back <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um how do they have a planned date that they're gonna do july this 22nd yeah I, I think it was 30 okay. days from when they announced it There's um 30 days it. and there was there was a, a a plan to transition everybody over to facebook gaming uh facebook said they would continue any sort of monetization policies that Mixer had. Um, I don't know if there were extra hoops to jump through or if there were extra requirements that they needed to meet. Um, So I haven't looked into into all that. uh, It seems like Facebook was trying to accommodate them as much as possible, but the problem is, especially with people like with audiences... Uh, larger audiences like it's hard to transition platforms i mean ninja is a perfect example of somebody who when he had his audiences on twitch were staggering they're huge 
He moved over to Mixer, and they were half that, if that. Half mm-hmm. of what he was getting on Twitch. And, you know, it seems like the people who actually benefited from this are actually the people who got the big contracts from Mixer because they actually got a payout, a settlement, uh, to get bought out of their contract for a lump sum of money. Ninja getting $30 million and Shroud getting $10 million, which is ridiculous. And right back to Twitch, I'm sure. And they're running right back to Twitch. So they'll get probably their audience immediately back. Um, I'm sure when they do go back to Twitch, they'll probably be like, hashtags, boycott Ninja, boycott Shroud. Because, you know, it sort of feels like it was a uh, betrayal on the Twitch side. And they made out like bandits, and now they're coming back for more money. I don't know. It's odd. It's a really weird situation. You gotta get it where you can get it. Um, I guess so. I mean, it, it, that's business, baby. <laughs> what yeah. can they say? But that's they cheap. went for that's their cheap, nut, baby. and they got it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Twitch boycotts, uh, there are people trying to organize a Twitch boycott, or have organized one for yesterday, uh, mm. given the... This swath, it's Me Too Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. Um, everyone all over, from uh, wrestling to video games, is being uh, accused of shit. And, yep, comedians too. Uh, every, there are a bunch of people who want to uh, make a statement of sorts and are asking, trying to organize a boycott of Twitch due to Twitch's... Uh, Refusal to just wantonly shut down accounts without any evidence. <laughs> Which, you know, you do you. I don't think that's particularly reasonable, but... Yeah, that that's that's silly. I mean, YouTube's got a really good policy uh, when it comes to this sort of stuff. If any criminal activity has been actually charged, I think it has to be, like, charged or prosecuted. I believe that's uh, I also charged. Twitch's pr- policy as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, then that yeah, then that's solid. I mean, if they ever get charged with a crime, then they can look into taking action to take down or like uh, disable uh, their account, you know, pending accusations or pending uh, like prosecution. I mean, obviously, if they get found innocent of the charges, then they'll look into reinstating the account. But but that's yeah, that's got to be done in a court of law, not in the court of public yeah. opinion. Yes, that that's a whole thing. It's public opinion has gotten pretty outrageous in the last couple of weeks. I mean, we saw it with Chris D'Elia getting me tooed out the out the wazoo with just just. Now I thought that was pedophilia charges or pedophilia accusations. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what what charges are? Well, there are, are a lot of there are a lot of them like general sexual misconduct. A lot that's been lumped together. It's yeah. been like you know. Mm-hmm. Your I don't want to say standard sexual assault, but you, your more conventional sexual assault, and then like soliciting sexual activities with minors, a lot of like fifteen-year-old people uh, accusing that. So not like pedophilia in the sense of like you would see on SVU, but no, un- I mean, underage people. I, I've been looking into Chris D'Elia's situation a little bit because it's I, I like listening to his podcast. Uh, I think he's a pretty decent comedian. Um, and it it's pretty crazy in one night it seemed like all these accounts just started sending screenshots and screenshots and and uh um, you know they were just getting dms it was just a simple dm of like hey i went to his show and he hit me up to like come hang out and and a lot of it's really 
uh, lacking of evidence, really thin, and a lot of them I saw were just straight up legal. If people had a problem with the age difference, the guy was 38. He was like 36 to 38 at the time that he was doing some of this stuff, and the girls were like maybe 19. Uh, and, and, you know, the youngest we ever saw was 16, which still is in some states, uh, age of consent. A, but, a staggering amount of states, actually. Yeah. I looked that up I once Maryland, and I was like, Maryland wow. Is 16. New Jersey is a also A lot of them 16. are 17, too? Yeah, 17, 17 is more well. standard. Um, but yeah, like I was, because I looked it up. I was like, what's the age of consent? There are a number of states, higher number of states than I would have thought mm-hmm. where it's 15. And a lot more than I would have thought that 16. Yeah, and, and it sucks. He's he's losing his job and he's losing his his uh, uh, manager and, and and all these all these deals that he's got going through his business. And he even lost the uh, movie spotlight uh, for for just public outrage and and nothing that's been rock solid, nothing that's in the courts, nothing. He hasn't even been able to defend himself. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's a hard that's, thing. That's the problem yeah. with it's a hard the wave of this is it's like a sorry it's like a strip mining mm-hmm. sort of uh maneuver here where you just cover everything you'll get some i feel like all of, you know each of these times it happens there's at least one person usually the person the person that starts the wave and then everyone comes up mm-hmm. after um one person will, will face uh charges or however for it and then the rest uh, kind of have to deal with, yeah, and uh, I perhaps undue consequences. And I appreciate the fact that in many cases it's difficult to move to something formerly criminal because in many times the only evidence that exists is just circumstantial. He said, she said stuff, and you can't move forward with that. And I feel really sorry for people whose claims are true. And, you know, find themselves in that position. Like, that's really terrible. But at the same time, I'd rather let someone who's guilty walk free than burn innocent people down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I, and this... That, it's kind of like a kind of a dark... Uh, Thing to admit but that yeah that that is true i mean yeah i mean we see a lot happen normally when evidence does get brought to light and like that you know it's just how crazy the justice system can be sometimes but, yeah and obviously uh, sometimes when yeah. it goes to criminal things like you know you have your oj simpsons and your casey anthony's yeah. who the evidence mm-hmm. is clearly there but the jury doesn't convict yeah it, it's it's wild how, how some things turn out and uh I mean, yeah, I obviously heart goes out to anybody who feels victimized uh, by by people in this situation. But I mean, there's also two sides to every story, and there's and the truth is got, often the, somewhere in the story. middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, one more point here is that we've we've been talking in the context of of criminal actions and things that can be followed up in a court of law. And as we said before, a lot of, some of these things are not. It's just it's just accusations of them being scummy people. Um, you don't have to be a criminal to be a scummy person. Yeah, I mean, I'll 
put I'm that a scumbag, out there. But but I'm the, not a criminal. Yeah. Um, the the public forum, the forum of public opinion, is a whole other can of worms, um, and which can still cause huge ramifications for people. That's it's that's a whole other deeper problem. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. It's just worth mentioning that a lot of this is not occurring as a. Um, I'm gonna take him to court over this. It's, it's like he is a jerk. Yeah. Here's my evidence, um, and even out of that, um, f- fiscal tangible consequences are still occurring, and that's, it's, I I don't know how to feel yeah. about that. Not great. No, it's not. It's not. This is like this particular sort of thing is a very tricky area to navigate. Uh, mm-hmm. By its very nature. Well, let's talk about something a little less controversial. Police, uh, Fortnite yeah. <laughs> is removing cop cars from their game. A police. Are they putting in Pepsi cans instead? Uh, if they put in Pepsi Man, I might actually download the game. <laughs> Hear that, Pepsi Fortnite? Man. Pepsi Man will bring a whole new slew of players to your arenas. New demographic. <laughs> Uh, I gotta get that new solemn simulacrum, <laughs> the Pepsi Man solemn. <laughs> it's so good. Pepsi Man, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, so they've decided to remove police cars from their game. Uh, this is like the Paw Patrol removing their police officer character. It's like, why? Is that actually happening? I think it's happening. Chase, Chase is gone? Yes, I think that was like that dominated Fox News' media coverage for a solid 24 hours. Um, um, this falls, this to me falls under the blanket of of passive progressive. Hollow statements. I would say. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like the companies can directly affect the sorts of issues that are going on right now. I get that this is the the way the quo way they can support them. I don't, you know, how genuine it's like that the is. subreddit blackouts eh. that happened a lot. It's like what we're doing it to raise awareness. Is like, is there really anyone on this website who isn't already aware of what's happening? Right. You shutting down the wrestling subreddit um, because of this isn't really. I think gonna move the needle too much. Just want my life read. <laughs> Although I personally am not in, yeah, I'm not of the uh, of the argument necessarily. Staying, you know, there's the the argument online where people are like stay in your lane. You're an entertainment guy. I don't go commenting on this, um, and that's that's why. Uh, well, that's why we said. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we we put that out there. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna directly, I'm not gonna use this as a platform to crusade, <laughs> right? But I'm not gonna yeah. fucking avoid it and pretend like it's not a thing. Um, we let everyone knows our stance but on that, this. To to that point, that was our choice. Like, I don't right. feel that it's good for like everyone, the public, the pressure literally every entity to make a statement on it 
No, yeah, and I mean, that was the whole reason behind why Dave Chappelle came out with his 846. That was part of the reason why he came out with his, uh, I don't know what you would call it, comedy, not even his comedy special, it's a special, spoken word, open forum, I don't know, uh, when he came out with that thing, because he was like, I'm being called out by people to, to say something. Like, you guys don't want to hear from me. It was like, like you, his, you yeah, it's this. exactly, it's his bit about when they talked to Ja Rule after the September 11th attacks. He's like, <laughs> yeah, the one thing I was thinking this entire time is what does Ja Rule think of this? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you don't want to hear from Ja Rule. You don't want to hear from me. You got, you know what you want to say. You're already, you're saying it right now and you're doing a great job of it. So, no, we don't need to say it right now. But, if you ask for our input, we will put it out there. We also have a voice, so they, they want to put it out there. It's just they have a larger audience, to an yeah. extent. Um, to a larger But extent. I don't think... Yeah, to a larger extent. Yeah, I mean... It, it brings it back to this, like... I don't want to get too political, but, like... There was a, a Fox reporter who was talking about... Uh, Drew Brees uh, saying his stuff about BLM and then... Uh, if I was just name. about the flag and kneeling. Yeah, and it was... and and. LeBron James, I think, was talking about the, the protests and the riots. And, uh, and and they were saying, LeBron James, stay in, stay in your lane. Shut up and dribble. And then they were like, oh, no, Drew Brees, preach. It's like, what? Pick a lane, man. Come on. Yeah. Keep it consistent. Yeah. So I, I like um, it when any sort of celebrity speaks out, spreads, spreads their message. If they want to, fine. If I don't, if I don't like it, then I... So what? I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. Get off my back. Um, yes. Unfortunately, so that was, you know, a lot of these stories were dominating the the headlines this week. This isn't typically discussions we tend to wade into because we know that you come here for things like game reviews, such as yeah. my review yes. of The Darkness Two, released oh. by Top or published by Two K. Uh, developed by Top Cow Games. It is the sequel to, uh, I believe, 2007's The Darkness. Um, and it is based on a 90s comic book of the same name. And it is, a, from what I understand, a loose adaptation. One review I read of it called it the Constantine movie of video game adaptations. Uh, so okay. whether that I have not read the comics, so I can't really comment on that. What I can comment is on the game. The game follows mafia ringleader Jackie Estacado, who is a vessel for a mysterious power referred to as the darkness, which in practical terms of the gameplay gives you a couple demon arms that you can use to throw things and, and grab people and, and hack people up. Um, it plays like a very bland first-person shooter with or with okay gunplay. Um, the demon arms add a unique element that's kind of fun to play around with, but ultimately it's just extra set dressing on what is 
a game that did not need to be a first-person shooter, but probably is only a first-person shooter because that was the in-vogue genre at the time. Uh, there are light RPG elements. Uh, and by elements, I mean there are dialogue choices that have absolutely no consequence on anything and skill trees, which are a shallow attempt to add replay value to a campaign that is only six hours long. Oof. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, it was real quick. Uh, there are a couple collectibles that you can collect and have one of the characters ramble on about the, the lore of the world to you. Uh, the story itself, uh, well, short was entertaining enough um it's not really something that i feel it's good but i don't feel strongly enough about it to really feel like i have to play it again for the story uh but what i want to talk about with this game in particular uh because it is a fairly forgettable experience the story is okay uh but i probably won't remember it in another month but the, the value of a game. When you sell a game that has a campaign as pretty much its only thing, there is a cooperative multiplayer mode. Uh, maybe that's really fun. I can't imagine how they would implement it in a way that would be particularly engaging over a long period of time, given the, just the core mechanics of the game. Um, you have a campaign that's six hours. And... That's not necessarily a bad thing if there is plenty of repayability. I praised God of War 3 for a lot, and that story is only about 10 hours, which is, yes, longer, but not exactly up to my value metric of ideally I want to get one hour of gameplay for every dollar spent. That represents ideal value. Good value is you get 45 minutes for every $1 spent. Okay value is 30 minutes for every $1 spent. And anything below that is not very good value. When you have a six hour campaign, it is very difficult to reach any of those higher value thresholds. Now, if you're really interested to see how some of the other skill trees play, and you really want to get those collectibles, you can maybe get and you want to do a hardest difficulty run too, I would say you can get at most 18 hours out of this game. I don't know what this game released for, if it released for a full, full fat 60 bucks or not in 2012, but today, in 2020, it is currently listed on Steam for $29.99. Do not buy The Darkness 2 for $29.99. Do not buy The Darkness 2 for $19.99. Don't even really buy The Darkness 2 for $14.99. If you are interested in the premise of a mafioso with a demon living inside him who is tormented by visions of his deceased girlfriend, um, invest no more than $10 in this game. And there's another game I'm, I'm going to work my way through. I got in a humble bundle with this game, Spec Ops The Line, and How Long to Beat also has that campaign at about six hours that also has multiplayer maybe that's entertaining but like you just can't have a game be that short 
and sell it for full value. I got those two in a humble bundle. I think I had to pay like 10 bucks into it. That's an appropriate amount of value. But for real, 2K, you should be ashamed of yourself for selling a game for $30 that has maybe half that amount of time investment into it. And that's just an okay value. Like if you bought this for $30, it, the most I can see you putting into this is 18 hours. That's still barely 30 minutes per dollar spent. That's not a good ratio. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. game's okay, it's... but the price for the game is ridiculous. I'm just watching like a Solid. little bit of gameplay of it just to see what the like the arms look like because I was curious. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the graphics. That's interesting. They changed the graphic style from the original apparently in this one, and there is a a nice okay. little recap of the f events of the first game, uh, because who the fuck played the darkness? Uh, and people out there. And yeah. uh, you know that was interesting, and they they changed the, the it to be like a cell shaded sort of thing and like it looks okay i played the game at, at on my tv in 4k so like it looked nice and crisp because it's just such a high resolution but the graphic style was kind of interesting i guess it worked because it's based on a comic and the story well good ends on a cliffhanger oh. the very harsh cliffhanger and here we are eight years later with not even a rumbling that there's going to be a darkness three. So that's just kind of an extra middle finger to you. <laughs> um, I want to, I agree with your, with the value assessment here. Um, for the most part, I will make one amendment. My personal amendment to the, the value model is in the case of indie games, I will be, be willing to pay a little bit more for an indie game. Uh, if it is a very unique experience, I'll pay for that um like baba well i can't say baba is you because that's just I, that is many many hours of content mm. hundreds of puzzle levels um but i will say it about my fit one of my favorites a, a classic of mine hylix uh and hylix 2 which came out on monday oh cool i was very glad to see it uh i will be, I think I will play through that in the coming weeks, and I may have a review for you on Wonderful. that. Wonderful. Uh, I could have had a review for Stick of Truth also today. I am literally on the last fight. Um, I just uh, I failed two QTEs in the fight, and I was like, "Nope, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> save this for a later date." <laughs> well, gonna rage quit a little and, bit. Um, breather. Yeah, I just need to put the bow on that. So we'll have that for next week and possibly Spec Ops the line uh, with it next week. Ooh. But uh, if not, Five. failing next week, the following week, that'll be that. Re it's my review schedule. <laughs> mm -hmm. cool. Shall we cool. get into the main event? And oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Friggin I don't know if we said this. We watched Artemis Fowl this week and uh boy was the joke about how bad it is writes uh, itself that is not uh I, sh oh, I forgot to i forgot to watch the trailer again there were some people who were saying that they were like the trailer was super misleading 
on like how certain events played out. Uh, but I it, remember it, us I having remember. a very negative reaction to the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it also sucked. Yeah, it also sucked. I mean, um, how much suck you're gonna get? So. So before so, we tear me, into this movie, let me, let me get yeah. the things I liked about it out of the way. Um, it's set in Ireland, and Colin Farrell's in it. Oh, that's yeah, that's all I got. Those are my negatives about this movie, actually. Those um, are the and things Butler I isn't like. <laughs> isn't the worst. He isn't the worst. I just I just He's, feel like we didn't not care about him, <laughs> like. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll I, I have some that. things to say about um, not caring about the events of this movie that are kind of humorous. Uh, in one, fr- yeah. My topic sentence for this movie is: uh, this is an Avatar: The Last Bender level of bad adaptation. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, totally. I could imagine that. Cause I haven't it's, read the source it, material, but from what you explain, it's a f- fucking disgrace. <laughs> Yikes. To anyone who uh, who is a fan of the series and wanted to see the the books come to life on the screen, um, I so yeah, Peter. It's it's so amazing how far this diverges from the books. I almost it, if I had given you guys word ahead of time, I'd like I almost wanted to structure this review as I go over the synopsis of the book and then we all laugh at how nothing like it's only tangentially related okay. so that's interesting because peter is the guy amongst us who has actually read artemis fell novels uh i'm a little familiar with the premise but i've never read a book and just even divorcing it from any sort of source material it fails completely as a movie i mean yeah yeah, uh, it, for somebody who doesn't isn't thinking anything about the source material, uh, you know, nothing about the books, nothing about how that how it relates to it. Uh, just as a general movie idea, it's contrived. It's it's bland. The it's characters. Trite. <laughs> it's trite. It's trite. Uh, it's all the all the fucking cunty words you can think of. Just all of them. Just all wrapped up into one little package of. It sucks. Uh, it's just, I wasn't excited, but things I liked <laughs> were, oh shit, I don't know. Josh Gad, I enjoyed him. I refuse I enjoyed his acting. Refuse to believe that okay. Disney was prepared to release okay. this movie into a theater. Yeah, that yeah. too. I, I don't. Is there saving grace that this went to streaming? <laughs> to be quite honest, you're right. So yeah, it can just fail quietly. Yeah. In the in a fucking queue. Because I feel like if this came out, how does this make money? I don't know how this There's makes money n- on the name. It's it bolsters the library of Disney's. Uh, it bolsters the Disney library for their streaming service, um, so that they have more titles they they can talk about. Makes your subscription worth Holy more to you. Holy shit! Do you know how much budget this had? A hundred and twenty-five million dollars. That's impossible. Those that CGI was not finished. Yeah, uh, it's also worth noting that this movie has been in development for all, for more than a decade, because when the first book came out, like, well, maybe when the second book came out, there was a blurb at the end uh, talking about a movie deal, and there is a contest in the book where if you deciphered the code in Gnomish, uh, there, are, there are sentences at the bottom of each page of the book, and if you deciphered the code, you could enter into a lottery to become an extra 
in the Artemis I hope they honor that. Coming out I soon. hope they honor that for this movie. I, that may be how they got their that lead That seems actor. impossible because he was like, what, six? Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so I guess we could get into spoilers. Just suffice it to say, this movie is bad. This movie is very bad. This may um, be the worst movie I've seen this I, year, and that's a year that includes seeing yeah, Doom Annihilation. So, it's. I I would say if you it's not awful, boring, bad. Not entirely. Not entirely. Hold up. If you're a fan of bad movies, um, and you're like schlock garbage. Um, this, this isn't my first pick by far, but it's also not my last. Um, I've seen worse bad, I've seen worse bad movies, but I've also seen a lot better bad movies. So this is a middling, awful movie adaptation. Watch it if you're a fan, just so you can just see your dreams get flushed down the fucking toilet and just be baffled for an hour and a half. I drank, I finished off a bottle of gin to this movie. Um, I believe Okay, so now that we're into spoilers... Let me guys let me tell you guys a story about why this movie had no emotional resonance with me and I don't know I need to know from you guys if either of you also had this thought or this was just a case of me not really getting invested at all or caring. So none of the scenes that I now realize maybe were supposed to be emotional had any effect on me. Because the way the story was framed is like a post-mortem. And some of the dialogue choices by the character being interrogated made me think that like everything that happened over this course was part of Artemis's plan. So like nothing... Because they made it seem like he had everything planned out. So like all these events to me had no emotional stakes... Because I'm like, they're just going to do the reveal at the end. Then it was all part of his plan. And then they didn't do the reveal. I'm like, wow, this movie is ten times worse for not having the shitty twist in it. Yeah. I I think I my headcanon is this is just Mulchadigums being really bad at remembering his story. Because, yeah. uh, yes, the framing device is Mulchadigums has been captured by MI6 and is put on a interrogation rig in the English channel. It's Azkaban. It's English Azkaban. That, none of that happens, to my knowledge. It's human Azkaban. No human prison can hold a dwarf. He just he just goes. Yeah. Um, so, I'm gonna describe the characters from the book, and we're gonna imagine in our heads what those characters are like in the movie, and we're all gonna laugh. Okay, so... Let's start with our main character, Artemis Fowl. He's he's a dweeby 11-year-old who's not very physically fit at all, but has a whip-sharp mind and a, and a cruel soul. Um, his whole thing is he's the kind of guy who will slap your ass in a game of Go, and if you do too well against him, he'll dox you. Uh, or he'll get his butler, who's named Butler. Uh, we don't know his first name, this butler guy. Uh, he's just called Butler. And... If you really if you really piss him off, Butler will fucking point an AR in your face until you get the fuck out of his house, or he'll shoot you in the head. Um, he's a real piece of shit of a person. Uh, no no real redeeming qualities. Who just who's just after gold? He has yeah he doesn't know about fairies. He just he he learns about him in the course of the movie. 
Wait. <laughs> These are the book characters? That's the bo- that's book okay. Artemis Fowl. He has no he has no physical prowess cuz but his mind is whip sharp sharp yeah. and he loves dunking on adults. Yeah. My favorite part like, is how they told you how smart he was instead of showing it ever. Yeah. They told you all yeah. these things he did. Oh. Uh God, the exposition of this shit was horrendous. The st- I didn't understand the surfing scene. Why was he surfing? Was there any surfing in the book? Cuz why why is no, he so good at surfing? He, again, he has no physical aptitude. But he surfs really well. He he gets winded in one scene walking up a ladder. Oh. Rough. He's like anemic. <laughs> well, um but he's again he's whip smart and he loves uh, like taking down any adult who thinks they're hot shit by a peg. Like he's he's that kind of kid. Yeah. Um I saw that so a little bit. So that's him and he is his his butler who I mean again, I don't care about the characterization that's fine that he's he's black in this one but like when i think of butler in the books think of vincent d'onofrio as kingpin that's what i think mm. butler looks that's yeah. how i picture yeah. him in my head in the books okay uh yeah um and we'll talk about opal cowboy she's a character that appears in the second book she's not in okay. the first book Bold she's move. a villain uh <laughs> who who um She's rich, and she wants to take over the world, and there's a whole plot there where she wants to infiltrate human society by, she wants, she she's going to get a pituitary gland input into her head so she uh, grows up like a normal person, uh, and she, she's going to mesmerize world leaders and pretend to be their daughter, and then political machinations is she a, take is over she a the fairy? world. Or, yes. Right, there are fairies. She's this, a, right? I, if I remember correctly, she's kind of like a fairy Elon okay. Musk. Like a a rich, a rich uh, industrialist. Okay, uh-huh. so not not evil evil mastermind or well evil mastermind, but I guess not this. I don't know this dubious shadowy thug, thug figure who has ice Did magic you guys or whatever. Like the uh, the part at the end of the movie where he says, "I'm Artemis Fowl and I'm a criminal mastermind," despite doing not one criminal thing in the entire movie. Yeah, I really like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's really shitty. I don't know um, what was criminal. Remember the the, the, the the most criminal thing he could have done was steal the acorn, the magical acorn MacGuffin, <laughs> but he gave it to the to the yeah. elves. He, I think he should have given like a fake to them or some shit. That would have been yeah. criminal. So, in the book, the uh, Arc the Arcolet, right? What's oh. I, I didn't it. care the Acorn MacGuffin. Yeah, the magic acorn. The magical yeah. acorn, uh, is is it doesn't exist. It's oh. a does not exist. It's a myth. Uh, Artemis kidnaps. He kidnaps the fairy for money. Extortion. Because he likes money. <laughs> Turns out. Um, and he wants to save his mother, who is definitely not dead, because her father is, his father is presumed dead, and she's gone insane. So he wants fairy magic to cure his mother. Okay, so they just took the story... And then took put that in the the garbage. So they they took some character names and then put them in a different movie. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and and finally we'll get to Holly. Uh, so Holly, she's a young cop with a chip on her shoulder. She's good at her job. She's not scared at all. She's a very brave and like she's got shit going. And um, that's it's good for her because she's the first female in the all-male Lep Recon division. Uh, and she's trying to fight against the system. 
of of her all male uh, fairy compatriots, uh, including Commander Root, who's definitely a <laughs> you know, dude. That's amazing. He's not <laughs> Judy Dench. That's amazing. Is, is that that like that you topic? Know, it's a pertinent. Would have been amazing in this yeah. ta- this day's society. And that's amazing right. for it. It's but they <laughs> took that. And they put it back in the garbage. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. maybe that's not such a bad thing. Because, like, we all know how well Captain Marvel walked that line. Yeah, but if they could have done it... But the book, the book did, did well. a good job yeah. with it. Like, she she genuinely, like, is oh, a I, I'm powerful sure female that character. The who... book written by an actual author who had to go through editors and, and publishers to get the, you know, the story out there... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that was handled well, but do you really trust a a Hollywood screenwriter to tactfully tell that? A hundred percent, always. At least somewhat. <laughs> um, yeah. So Commander Root, just think of Ron Swanson, but as a fairy and a little angrier. That's kind of Commander Root. Okay. So, let's talk about the plot now. Now that we know that these characters are are 100% accurate to the books. <laughs> oh, and Juliet, she's she's like um, Butler's sister and is like a couple years younger oh, than him. not her niece? And not a child oh my who God. shows up for five minutes why would they and does nothing. Do that? I don't even know why Juliet was in here. Her I thought kid- so that he could have a peer. I thought she was going to have like at least a role, but she shows up, tells him to eat, and then is never seen again. I am going to have a brain hemorrhage, dude. This is so infuriating. How like so disrespectful. Bad. This is this is Avatar the, level of. Yeah, and it's so baffling to me because Artemis Fowl one, the the original book, already has the perfect plot for a movie, because first act, Artemis discovers that there's fairies and such. He, he goes and he, he figures out the mystery behind the fairies. Because his dad definitely isn't a fucking fairy guardian or whatever the fuck. He's a, he's a leader in the Irish mafia. And just goes missing. Um, act two, he captures the fairy. He goes through the whole process. And he gets Holly. And Holly pops up for whatever reason he captures her. Fine. Act three, the siege on the house. With, with a lot of cool Ocean's Eleven-esque twists, because Artemis fucking, he outsmarts the entire fucking fairy government, and it's really cool. It would cool. have been cool, and that's what I thought um, they were doing, but uh, then they didn't. <laughs> Dude, this yeah. fairy government was I guess like, I'll spo- dumb. They couldn't enter the house, they just like throw a troll at it, they're like... Well, they don't, they don't explain that. Is it like that. vampires? Because, uh, you have fairy to law isn't just... In. Yes. If a fairy tries to come into the house... Uh, without being invited, they puke and just get violently sick and can't really function. There's a scene in the book where they try and storm the house. They're like, fuck it, we'll just kill them. Uh, And they run in and they all puke their guts out and we're like, we're done. They do make a point to him to say, I'm inviting you in several times, but they do not once explain why that is important. Yeah, I just implied because yeah. of vampire. Yeah, I, did, I thought I'm shit. like, okay, so fairies <laughs> are like vampires; they can't cross the threshold unless you invite them in. Sure, right. So that's why they send Mulch Diggums in because he can slip in. He's not bound by that. That's why they send the troll in. That's why they try and negotiate with him. 
um, it's you know it sets up the a, a nice conflict where there's natural uh, boundaries to the rules, um, and I guess a climax. So they're in the time bubble, and the climax of this is like, okay, guys, let's send in a bio bomb. They have a thing called a bio bomb, which explodes and kills every living organism, but doesn't touch anything else. Uh, they deploy that, and Artemis survives. Because um, the time bubble is also a really cool mechanic that they don't explain. Because um, he figures it out through his through his uh, what his knowledge of his learning his of the fairies whip. and his research. Yeah, because it turns out Santa was a fairy, and he's like, "How did Santa deliver all his presents to everyone in one night?" Turns out the fairy that was Saint Nick drops a giant fucking time bubble over the entire Earth. So it stays night for like 20 hours. But then he's like, well, how do people not wake up and it's still night? And he learns. Because he, he looks on a security camera and his mom, who's like sick and dementia, she's gone. She's just gone from the house. And it turns out if you fall asleep in a time bubble, you you blink out. You just skip. You, you're temporarily just, you're out of there. So he, he and Butler and everyone in the house all pop fuck, fucking Dramamine or whatever, Ambien. They go right to sleep and then they dodge the the WMD that goes off in the house. I think I understand why they didn't include that in this Disney movie made for children. Uh, that might be a little intense. <laughs> but it's so cool. But instead they do like fucking Eldritch like trapped in time hole forever, which is kind I of I guess scarier. that's what happened. I honestly, um, I could not They didn't explain follow, that shit either. I could not follow the climax at all. I was like, are these are these fairies yeah. dying or or what? Like, I, is the, the time bubbles breaking down. Around I assume them they were just getting. I, I assume they were just like being back in normal flow of time and heading back to the ship. Let's not explain. I, I, we don't know. I assume that the reason know. they were all trying Maybe. to get out is they didn't want to be exposed by all the news vans that were waiting outside. But like all the little plot points that seemed like they were setting up to be something more later in the movie just just aren't yeah they aren't um i have to i have to vent about one more scene then we can talk about the actual movie and not the book which is just so much better um so there's a fight against a troll you know how this goes in they the pay book? the troll toll butler suits up uh sadly no butler suits up in full fucking plate armor and goes hand like go he takes a sword and he goes hand to hand with the fucking troll You're not a bullhead and it's <laughs> Yeah, not a bullhead. He he gets armored up and he he fucking like rams his sword through the troll's chest and it's super metal oh, and awesome. Fuck. And they just didn't. That's so dope. Cool. I, I would like because Butler's awesome and he's just like he's fucking master chief. Yeah, like he's just action hero guy. Uh, but he doesn't do any like Artemis does judo flips and like shoots fucking lasers everywhere as the camera whips around and makes. Oh my god, that nauseous. scene was terrible. The CG was like PS2 levels and like the fucking 3D camera. I'm almost they they had to have broken the 180 degree rule somewhere in there. Like that was bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What what happens? What actually happens? I honestly movie? could not I tell you. Um, so, I tried to pay attention. It's... I really did, but just it all just washed over me in waves of I don't care, I don't care. So, 
I don't it's care. It's so short, but it feels... It is really short. It's an it's, hour, and, hour and 30 minutes. But it feels long. Yes, like, it's, it's an short, hour and 35 minutes, but it felt like 17 years watching it. I yeah. look down and I watch. I see it's like not even 6.30 yet. I'm like, how is that possible? I fucking have... You, you get put in a time bubble watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's because of the exposition. So I can I can help us out with with what happened in this movie a little bit. I think I remember somewhat of a semblance, but I want to point out. I'll point it out when the time comes. Um, I mean, yeah, it's amazing they can spend forty five minutes of its runtime on exposition, <laughs> and yet I still have no idea what the fuck is happening. This shit's just spoon fed to you, and it's it's awful. Um, so Artemis Fowl, smart kid, surfs a lot of guests for some reason, but didn't like school. No, but the best goes to school. Isn't, isn't privately the best, educated. The best part a... about their smart kid thing is, you know how they 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 list off some of his, of his feats. He did this. He beat this chess dude at whatever age, and then whatever age he did this other thing, and then clone a sheep, and. Instead of, like, showing you clips of this to, you know, show, don't tell, or even doing it with a narrator, which is a less effective device, what they do is they have the actor stand in front of a PowerPoint presentation and change the image three times. So dumb. That is the worst telling and not showing Uh, I have ever seen. And it just goes on. They they could have done so much so much cooler things, uh, you know. I and I, I, I this is has to be a money laundering thing because there's no way they they spent 125 million on this movie because, like, it only oh, took place in like it. one fucking area. So that bothers me so this much. Is, it actually reminds me of Suicide Squad. Like this yeah. honestly reminds me of like the terrible opening. Which the if the first six seconds that I saw this, they have white text on a light background as they f- do the flyover shot, and I'm like, "We're done. This is already awful." I if they can't get this right, there's no there's no going up from here. I know, it's it's, it's um, rough. And then they spend the first half an hour exposing the characters, like in Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, they um, go they go through. I'm surprised they didn't put pop music over every fucking character. Yeah, introduction. That, that was missing. Um, talk about Artemis Fowl. Talk about the kid. Talk about the the butler. Don't call him butler. Whatever. I don't care. Um, then I they go talk about Holly a little bit. Uh, Holly is like shit. the only so, character so, they actually like develop through her actions. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The, she's the only one that has a sort of a character arc. Comes to, you know. I couldn't really try to tell clear her father's name, is, but <laughs> well, she tries to clear her father's name by going to search for evidence around the tree that apparently he was like betrayed at or was arrested at. Because he made, I think he made like a contract with the Fowls yeah. in this movie. Um, and then, but then, again, but somehow Artemis is there because he knows that this is a tree where a fairy goes to. So he right. goes there, and Although, then they shoot her with a sleeping dart and capture her and then they yep. set her up for ransom so they can get the magic acorn MacGuffin because that is what Opal is using it's just in his house uh, as for leverage. some reason which is just in his house I mean it's like it's family treasure it's, no, it's not written down anywhere and like written down like there's a journal and they're trying to find his journal nobody knows where it is and he somehow stumbles upon it at some point uh, but when he's like down there in the archives, looking through all the treasures, 
There's one scene that bothers me beyond any other scene. Should we talk about the Irish blessing? The Irish blessing is one thing, and my roommate who was watching me with it at the time was like, oh my god, we were singing that when we graduated as like the choral thing. Uh, yeah. You know, that we, we sang the Irish blessing at graduation. It's just like, that's so weird. So when he's going through all the different things, Irish poetry and whatever, he instinctively knows to reach up and in the place that he's supposedly never been in, reach up and pull out this lamp that's hidden in the wall and turn it down. And like, how do you know that? How do you fucking know that? Because the plot you demands he knows. Clairvoyant? You've been here before. Don't tell me that you haven't been now, here before, you twat. God. Now, Kurt, I've, I, as, as an Irishman, as the one of my heritage, I have to ask you. Uh, how obscure is this this Irish um, blessing? How obscure of a piece of work is It's obscure enough thing? to be taught in like every kindergarten equivalent. <laughs> it's like it's so so you're saying that an Irish person explaining to an other, uh, another Irish person what It'd the be Irish like blessing me explaining is to you what would be as stupid as yes. or Mary had a little lamb. Oh okay okay we just just, just going to put that out there okay. No bearing on this movie whatsoever. No. Um, yeah, <laughs> they they got Aaron's favorite son in there, and they they called it a day. <laughs> oh, so so they, they they learn about fairies and stuff like that, and then they find out where the tree is, and they go there and they capture Holly. They bring Holly back, and that's how they end up bringing the fairies to come back and, and rescue Holly. Now, I, I uh, think this was probably something that was in the book, but kind of... I don't know if it irked me is the right word, but it, it seemed peculiar a choice given the emphasis on the setting that um, fairies, which do exist in Irish mythology, were, like, the only... I thought it was going to be based on, like, mythology of Ireland, so there was going to be, like, banshees and leprechauns, but... It's just your standard, like, high fantasy assortment of fairies and goblins and dwarves. Trolls and dwarves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found that a bit perplexing. Yeah. But I assume that's that was also the case in the He book. doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are, I guess, they're all, in the book, they're all called fairies, even though they're all different races. It's just, yeah. Um... Are there, uh, are there, are there one scene, he comes too? on. Are there the, elves in this too? Because no, the fairies the, just have the elf helicopter. Ears. On the helicopter, it said like elf one, human one, or something like that. I think it was like ELF and HMN. It was like a little. I don't quite. I don't know if there were elves in the book. But yeah, Mulch Diggums. Holy shit! What a nightmare fuel pulling down his mouth. Also, he's supposed to be a normal size dwarf not a giant dwarf yeah right is that correct but josh kid didn't want to be cgi'd yeah. so oh so oh that's so much in. worse i thought that was just yeah. a joke i mean oh. i i saw what this movie considered to be jokes josh gad tried to tell several um i was unimpressed i love josh gad so good in this the only thing I know him from, him. like, I didn't know his name was Josh Gad. You know what I called him? I called him Bearclaw, because that's the only thing I knew him from, was his role as Bearclaw in New Girl for, like, three episodes. True. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I like him in other, other I, performances, but 
like beating the beast i think he was in he was decent as uh the bumbling idiot oh gaston's lucky uh, yeah gaston's little buddy yes yeah. which is french for the fool. fool um yeah, I don't. I didn't. I I get. Oh, how he's they Olaf. His powers, that explains my natural hatred joke. for him. He's Olaf. That he's explains what? why I hate yeah. him. Yeah, I like him as Olaf. He's good. Never Frozen forget. Never forgive. <laughs> that damn short. That was the. Diane will make you watch. It's a long uh, Frozen one of these days. I've I've played through the Kingdom Hearts level. I I know the gist. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Kingdom Hearts uh, level based on Frozen was better than this the Kingdom Hearts level the based on Frozen was basically Frozen with some Kingdom Hearts characters like lazily inserted into. Yeah. So, yeah, then the movie ends with he rescues his father from Opal because he ha- he warps him Oof. out of there. This is gonna die. Um, and she screams and. I I think early on in the movie, I think her lips were desynced with her audio. That could have been a streaming issue. Like she just she was just babbling, and then they put um, some sound over it. But the, yeah, the movie ends in a really non climax. It's really kind of sad. Yeah, I mean the troll and, um, is the main climax. The sort best of. thing I can say from this is. This should inspire people. Like bad reviews of this movie should inspire people Ellie. to read the book. I might go back and read the book because it's it's an e- it's an easy read. It's a good young adult fiction. Um, yeah, and it's worth it. It's not going to strain I you. Agree. Just read through it and be like, oh, cool. This I just want to so point out better. one last thing. Um, Artemis Fowl on Rotten Tomatoes has a ten percent critic score. And a twenty percent audience score. I have never seen okay. audience and critical reviews aligned so closely that far down on the negative end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. It is truly yeah. an impressive feat. Wow, that's funny. The uh, meta Metacritic has it at a thirty-one and a three point one. Wow. So I'm assuming if that's out of ten, if that's out of a hundred and ten, that's identical. Yes. I, I almost want to look at this as a spotlight. I, I, you know what? Week. If we can find them, we'll do it. We'll we'll read some yeah. IMDb user reviews of this because I'm interested to see uh, just how many screeds there's going to be about how it's not like the book, which is valid, valid, but it is valid complaint. I'm not saying it's not a valid complaint, but I'm sure there will be tomes written on the differences. Oh. All right. Tomes and scrolls. That's going to wrap it up for us on episode 217. Please join us this weekend on Twitch. Twitch TV backslash Saturn Studs. Just Twitch, sadly now. Uh, Mixer might not sunset until July 22nd, but we're just going to rip the Band-Aid off and go exclusively to Twitch for the foreseeable future. Um, we will be checking out Borderlands 3, Borderlands 3's newest DLC out today, actually. We'll probably install that when we're done here. And, uh, you yeah, know, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, you can find the link to that 
to our Discord, to our social media, Twitter at studsound and Facebook.com backslash Saturn Studs Podcast. All those links can be found at the usefully named SaturnStuds.com. Easy enough to remember. Uh, you can support the show by donating uh, at the link in the description of this episode. You can also uh, support the show for free by just leaving a review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. Reviews help a lot. It's the easiest way you can support the show, and we appreciate it greatly. Um, and until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Bye-bye.